good morning, everyone. It's the mass exodus leaves. We'll wait till they get out of here so that we don't want to give them anything <laughs> until they come into the adult class. <laughs> well, amen. Welcome, everybody. It's a blessing to be in church on Sunday morning. Amen. It's a blessing to have a church to come to. Amen. I'm, I'm excited. Anyway, take your Bibles. If you didn't notice, no, we were in Genesis. We're in Genesis. We're going to start flying through these chapters now. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, I, I sit there and read this stuff, and the more I read it, and the more I look at it, and, and I'm like, Lord, this is us today. There's no difference in uh, Genesis 21. There's no difference in us and them, really. Uh, we have some technology that uh, we have that uh, kind of gets us in trouble, but uh, they didn't have the technology. Uh, they just had the Lord, and, uh, and, and we, they faced the exact same problems that we face uh, if, if we would just stop and listen, listen to what the Lord says, uh, there's no difference. I'm telling you what there is, just having no difference. So Genesis 21, verse 1. Great, great passage. says, the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. I uh, thank you for everybody that came out. Lord, thank you for this time of season. Uh, Lord, we can use it for your honor and your glory. Lord, we can uh, bring up... The story that is told, the old, old story, Lord, over and over again. Uh, it's never old to me. It's always a good story, Lord. It's a simple story uh, that you came and died and, and uh, shed your blood at Calvary for us to be saved. What a blessing that is. Lord, I do pray now this morning that you'd bless us. Uh, Lord, thank you for a Bible that we can hold in our hand. Thank you for all the men and women down through history, Lord, that uh, gave their lives uh, to put, put this book in place. A lot, a lot of women, Lord, had to uh, let their husbands do the things they did. Uh, for us to be here, Lord. So it's just not one person or one side. It's, it's both sides. And, Lord, here we are uh, 6,000 years later, uh, still uh, here for you, Lord, if you would have us. And, again, thank you. Bless the, the morning service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Abraham and Sarah are sitting here, and, and the Lord starts us out and says, And the Lord visited Sarah. Visiting is a good thing sometimes. It's a bad thing other times. Go to, go to uh, uh, Exodus 32. A couple chapters over, one book over. You ever had somebody visit and just is a bad visit? <laughs> just sometimes it's like, oh no, act like you're not home. <laughs> Turn the lights off. It's too late. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, sometimes you you should uh, you want to black your windows out so nobody can tell that you're home. Uh, I do that at, at uh, oh at. Uh, Halloween, but we're living on a street where nobody dare walk up and down the street. They're afraid to get hit. 32, uh, 32, 33. The Lord's really mad. Aaron, and they come down off the mountain. Moses done broke the Ten Commandments, and, and uh, Aaron made a golden calf, tried to blame it on somebody else. Uh, you know, he said, oh, it just went like fire. That's what came out of the fire, 33. And the Lord said unto Moses, uh, yet now, oh, go to verse 32. Here's Moses. Yet now, if thou wilt forgive their sin... And if not, blot me out, I pray thee, out of the book which uh, thou hast written. And the Lord said unto Moses, Whosoever hath sinned against me, him will I blot out of my book. Therefore now go lead the people unto the, the place which I have spoken unto thee. Behold, uh, uh, mine angels shall go before thee. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit, I will visit their sin upon them. And the Lord plagued them. So, and then go to uh, Genesis, Genesis 50. So sometimes a visitation from the Lord is just not really a good thing. 
a good visitation is, is one when the Lord visits you like he's getting ready to do for Sarah here. Uh, he's getting ready to give her something that he promised her. It's a valuable lesson. Real, I mean, extremely valuable if you could get it. If you could get it. The hard thing is to get it, and sometimes it just takes time in life to get to a place. It's easy to say stuff. Uh, it's hard to, to do it. 50-24, Genesis 50-24. Joseph is getting ready to die. He doesn't want to stay in the world. I don't think anybody should want to stay in the world. We would all should be wanting to get out of the world. Uh, Joseph in the Old Testament wanted to get out of the world, and he didn't want his body left there. He just said, Lord, take it. 24 says, and Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this uh, land unto the land which he sware unto Abraham, uh, Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and ye shall uh, carry my bones, carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died being 100 years, 110 years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in a coffin in Egypt. So he said, here, the Lord's going to visit you, and it's going to be some time down the road before the Lord visits them. Uh, and sometimes you're just going to have to wait. Uh, it's just, if you don't wait, uh, what you're going to do is you're going to get yourself in trouble. Uh, it always happens that way. Uh, the birth of the birth is promised. Go to 15, Genesis 15. It says, And the Lord visited Sarah. He promised Sarah something. Uh, 15. Go back to 15. Oh, that's a great, that's just a great book. You always should think about back in your life what the Lord's done for you. Not just what he's done for you, but how he did it. Because uh, when you forget how he did it, uh, then it just becomes some, a little little bitty thing in your life. But if you look at the steps that he had to do to get to the place where that was accomplished, uh, what you'll do sometimes is slow your life down. He did something for me in 1980, and he made me wait seven years before he gave me the answer to that problem, uh, the solution, the solution. Uh, and I had preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher tell, tell me, Mike, man, you've done everything right, you've done everything right, you've done everything right, you've done everything right, you've done everything right. We've watched your life. You've done this. You street preach. You pass tracks out. You win souls. You go out on the ships. You do this. You do this. You do this. Yeah, and you've got a church started. You've done everything right. We can't find anything wrong with you. Well, they, they didn't, weren't looking very hard. I could have told them all kinds of stuff. But in my mind and in my heart, the Lord hadn't given me peace yet. And I'm like, I don't care what anybody says, man. i got to have some peace right here inside and direction from God. And he made me wait seven years for something. And I waited and waited and waited, and that night, I mean, it was just like the bells went off, the dings went off, the Lord said, we're done, you waited, here you go, see you later, bye, we're good. And I'm telling you, nobody can take that from you when you get that. Nobody can take it in a million years. I don't care what they say, I could care less, they can't take it. But if you don't wait, what will happen is, what, what all those guys, you know, they come up to me and say, oh, you, what they want me to do is to push man's will over God's will, and I'll help God get done what God needs to get done. And we'll see how that works. <laughs> I, I've never seen it work very well before, and uh, so I've watched a lot of people. I've had preachers say, you watch people. I said, yeah, I watch them. I watch a lot of people mess up, and I'm like, I see them mess up, man. I'm like, that don't look too good, <laughs> and I really don't want to do that. Uh, I'm, like, I'm, I'm very cautious about what I do a lot of times. And I'm sitting here going, man, I said, if we just, just wait, wait. You know what if Sarah, uh, Genesis 15, Genesis, Genesis 15, 4, uh, the Bible says this, and behold, the word of the Lord uh, came unto him saying, this shall not be thine heir, talking about Ishmael, 
but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. So there was a promise of a, of a seed, which was Isaac. Uh, and what they did is Sarah couldn't wait. She just couldn't wait. And so she told Isaac or Abraham, he said, well, here's my handmaid, Hagar. Uh, I can't have a baby, but the Lord said we're going to have a baby, and I can't have a baby, and we're going to have to have a baby. And he said all the nations are going to be blessed through you, and we've got to have a baby. So here's a simple way to do this. I'll give you my handmaid. That is man trying to, to help God com- complete his promises to us. And he, you can't do that. We just can't do that. Uh, what you need to do is learn how to wait. I told somebody one time you need to wait. Uh, they said, well, I can't wait nine years to get married. I'm like, okay, then do whatever you want to do. Uh, and it didn't turn out too hot for me. It's starting to work out now, but it didn't turn out too hot. But a lot of people say, I can't do this. I can't do this. Well, you can't mess up either. And I'm telling you, the mess up sometimes harder to clean up than, than if you just waited. Uh, I waited uh, to get married for nine years, uh, going on 10 almost. And when I did, uh, I've been married for 32 years, perfectly happy. What I did was that them nine years, exactly the seven years, I said, Lord, show me what's wrong with me. Show me what I, where I messed up. That way I won't mess somebody else up. Because if you ever do give me a wife, I'm going to mess her up. I already know that. And I said, no matter how good your intentions are, uh, guys, we're, we're, oh, man. We are just troublemakers sometimes. And we don't understand that we get in trouble. And uh, you got to take that thing, always keep it back on the Lord's hand. Uh, Genesis, go to Genesis 17, 16. Genesis, a couple chapters over, 17. Sarah, Sarah was told some things, and the Lord now is getting ready to do what he says he's going to do. Then Abraham fell on his face. Uh, go back to 15. And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, shall her name be. And I will bless her, and give thee of a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be, uh, shall be of her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah uh, that, uh, that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. Now the, the problem is Ishmael here. And Abraham's already at a place in his life where Ishmael has got involved in his life. And he loves Ishmael. That should have never happened. Uh, what will happen to us sometimes is we'll do the wrong thing. And then the wrong thing is there in front of us. And pretty soon we'll be, become accustomed to the wrong thing. And get, a, uh, get acquainted with the wrong thing. And start doing the wrong thing. And pretty soon the wrong thing seems right and is wrong. Ishmael was wrong. You say, how do you know that? We're still fighting Ishmael today. And the Jews are still fighting Ishmael today. It is wrong. Uh, The Lord said certain things. for People are different. Everybody on this world tries to say people are the same. I am sorry. We are not. Uh, We are European. There's Africans. There's Europeans. There's Chinese. You ever ever talk to a Chinese or a Japanese? They'll look at you like this. Tom Freeman was a blessed man. I love Tom. Tom was half American and half Japanese on the ship. And he would look at you like this all the time. I could still see his face. I mean, he was just like, why can't I do this? He was all calm. I think he'd be a terrible preacher. But he would, he'd be all calm. And he would just talk. And we were talking one day, and he goes, what's wrong with a little wine with my dinner? A glass every now and then. And I mean, I'm going off on him. 
And he's just sitting there, what's wrong with this? And, and they're different. Their mindsets are totally different. When I showed Tom in the Bible, <laughs> actually, when the Lord showed me that I was a moron and, and that I was wrong and that I was going to the Bible the wrong you know, you can go to the Bible the wrong way. You do understand that, right? You can go for your own arrogancy and your pride, or you can go for what God said. And if you go for what God said, what you'll get is the Bible. And so I went, I remember bowing my head and saying, oh, God, I'm just, oh, I want to prove Tom wrong and me right. That's what I wanted. And the Lord said, boom, boom, give me these two verses. Here's your answer. And I gave it to him, and Tom went, oh, thank you very much. I now understand that Christians shouldn't drink wine. <laughs> I'm like, you're not, I mean, you wouldn't be like that, man. I mean, you, uh, uh, well, we try to say everybody's the same, and we're just not. Uh, people are different. They're raised different. Cultures are different. And when you start mingling cultures, they say, well, you're a racist. I'm not a racist. I just like things to flow as smooth as they possibly can. I had four big old black guys on a ship one time. I love black. black. Hey, I got along with all of them, man. I, they love me on a ship. I mean, they love me. I, I can walk into any department on any ship and the deck people, man. <laughs> uh, most of the deck people were all black, and they hung out in the, uh, the paint locker. Now, there's some pretty toxic paint in the paint locker. And you open up the paint locker, and I mean, it's like, whoa, man. <laughs> They're in there like, hey, man, come on in. <laughs> you need some paint? What do you need? And they just liked it down there, man. I guess that was the most exciting part of their cruise. Uh, but I had these four guys walk up on the bridge one time, and I'm up on the old four level of the Scott. And I mean, you can just toss me over the side if that's what you wanted to do. And there's four of them and one of me. There was no, no help. Uh, I mean, they were big guys. And they all looked at me and said, what's wrong with a black guy marrying a white woman? And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, shark baked. I'm going over. I said, you're going to make me make me tell them something that I don't want to tell them. And, and you're going to, no, wait a minute. What were you going to tell them? What everybody else says, or are you going to tell them what the Bible says? I said, oh, hey, that's a concept. That's a, that's a thought. Why don't we just use like the Bible here and talk about the Bible? He said, tell them about Moses. I said, you know, Moses married a black woman, and Moses and Miriam and Aaron, I'm not saying they were right. Uh, they turned, Miriam turned into a leper. They went up against Moses, but it caused a conflict between Moses and his brother and sister over a marriage that he had. And uh, I said, uh, let me ask you a question, guys. I said, if you go home with a white lady, what's your mommy going to think? And I knew what their mom was thinking. I knew that these, these guys and their character, I could already tell. They said, my mom wouldn't like that at all. I said, hey, let me ask you a question. What would your sisters do? What would you do if your sisters came in with a white guy? And they said, oh, no. I said, okay, now, the Navy, the marriages in the Navy at the time, three out of four ended up in divorce. Out of every four marriages, three ended up in divorce. I said, it's bad enough if you have a normal marriage. You say, oh, now you're saying they're abnormal. I'm just telling you, it's bad enough when you put Chinese with Chinese and Japanese with Japanese and Europeans with Europeans and blacks with blacks. It's bad enough like that. Then you start adding everything else in where you're getting society, and now you've got to make society bend to what you did. Why didn't you just do right, man, and just say, hey, what's the Bible say? Well, the Bible says, okay, we're in this thing now. It's too late. You can't do nothing about it. But I'm telling you what, man, you've got to watch that thing, and you've got to know how you're dealing with people. And what she did here was she put a, a, a lady in front of Abraham and Abraham, they messed up. Both of them messed up. And we're still suffering through that today. And it has never went away. Sarah was told something. Abraham was told something way back. He said, I'll bless them that bless thee. I'll curse them that curse thee. And in, in thee shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. He told him, he said, Eliezer will not be your heir. 
It'll be out of your, but what Abraham did, and he gave him Sarah. Now, brother, I'm telling you what, you got to, the birth was promised. Ishmael was a man, man's attempt uh, to fulfill God's promise. That was Sarah's attempt and Abraham's attempt to make sure that Abraham had a, 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 a seed pass on beyond him, out of Abraham. Uh, we can't do that. You know, God can take care of the whole world, by the way. Uh, I like it over in Ezekiel where he talks about the Valley of Bones, and I think it's 47, 46, and the whole valley's dead. He said, he said, son of man, he said, can these bones live? You know what the guy said? Go over to 46, Ezekiel. You got to read that. That's a great, that's a great passage. I like Ezekiel. Ezekiel's a great book. I don't understand it, but it's a great book. <laughs> Ezekiel's just crazy, man. I think it's 46. It's 37. Oh, 30. Yeah, 37. There ain't no 46. It's in the 30s, man. Excuse me. Thank you very much. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out into the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones. I've heard many people preach on this passage, great passage, and caused me to pass round about, and there's bones everywhere, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. That's a lot of us. A lot of us are very dry a lot of times. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I like his answer. And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. And he said unto me, Prophesy. The Lord asked him, said, Son of man, can, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Lord, they can do anything. Oh, they can do anything. Yeah, you, you can, we can do anything you want. No, you know what the guy said? He said, No, Lord. He said, Thou knowest. And then the Lord said, prophesy. And then he knew exactly what to do, and he did it. He followed the Lord's lead on everything he did, and he, he watched what he said when he was talking to the Lord. You know, a lot of times what we do is we start saying, Lord, and the Lord says, okay. And he'll give you peace about something, but the timing just isn't what you think. And we're so impatient. We want everything, and we want it right now. And we'll get it right now, and sometimes it'll cost you when you get it right now. Uh, you, you think it won't, but it sure will. And I just don't like, I'm telling you what, it's costing me. My life's already cost me enough as it is. Uh, Satan wants us to be impatient. That's exactly what he wants. You know why? Because God's got a plan. It's not our plan, by the way. It's his, and we just get to be part of it. If you get into his plan, guess what? You get salvation, you go to heaven for all eternity. You get in on it. If you don't, you're still on his plan because he has a place called hell out there somewhere, and you'll go to there. Now, you guys all got halos on your head, so y'all all look cute. Hi, Jonathan, how you doing? Welcome. There's a Marine back there, so we got to watch the sailor things and the Marine things. But we can go Air Force and Army, I think. No, we can't because we got an Army guy right there, so Air Force, you're in trouble, Air Force. <laughs> but Satan wants us to be in patience and jump ahead of the Lord. When the Lord always does what he says, he will do but he'll do it at the right time. You can't, I mean, every time I, I want to do, I want to do stuff all the time, man. I, I just want to quit everything all the time. But I'm like, Lord, I can't because you told me what to do and I know you told me what to do. And if you're going to tell me to quit, and I don't even care how bad off I get, I, you will tell me what to do. You will tell me. You will tell me. And I just have to keep telling myself that he will tell me. I said, you will tell me. You will tell me. I know you'll tell me. You'll tell me what to do. I know you'll tell me. And you know what I realize is a lot of times all you have to do is what's in front of you. I have a lot of people say, well, Mike, you ought to do this. And Mike, you ought to do this. And Mike, you ought to do this. And if you were a pastor or a good pay, you, ought to, you would do this. 
I'm like, no, that's not necessarily true. I'm going to do what the Lord tells me to do. That's what you should do. Because sometimes the Lord will tell you to do something that he didn't tell me to do. And, and you can't do, believe me, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but uh, after a while in your life, you'll realize you can't do everything. You just can't do it anymore. Uh, the older I get, uh, the more I'm realizing, the less I can do. And I'm just going to enjoy what little I can do from now on. Uh, but Satan always wants you to jump ahead of the thing. Lord wants you to just do it at the right time. God is revealing his perfect knowledge of Abraham's life here. He told Abraham what he was going to do, and he's going to do it down the road somewhere. But you got to learn. You got to learn. You got to learn to wait. Wait, I say on the Lord. I say wait. <laughs> the, the hardest thing to do is wait. Wait. Uh, it is, it's almost impossible to wait because we're just, uh, you would turn on the TV, you go down the road, buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that, buy this, buy that. Uh, they don't, they don't, you do know they don't even know what they're talking about half the time. They can't fix, I took Esther's car in to get it fixed. They called me up the other day and said it's going to take $10,000 to fix your car. I'm like, car ain't worth it, $10,000. I said, you mean to tell me you can't fix this car? And you couldn't tell me up front that it was going to be $10,000 to fix this car? Well, no, I said, wait a second, guy. I mean, I went off on them. They had the manager, Ford manager, they had the, the service manager, and they had the coordinator all sitting on the phone at the other end. And I'm on this phone. I said, hey, I need to tell you guys something. I'm a technician. I could tear something down component level and put it back today, in the day. I said, I understand how things work. And I said, if I went up to my captain and a 36-cent part was bad and I replaced $10,000 worth of stuff, he was going to yell at me. And I said, you're telling me that you can't even tell that it's going to take $10,000 to fix this car, that you've got to go in and, well, the thing says if it does this, yes. If no, you do this. I said, you guys are morons. And he goes, I said, I said you are. I said, you are. Yes, Beth, I said, there. I'm like, I understand. I said, you cannot tell me there's not some way to check these components out. Oh, no, there's not any way. And I said, what do you do with your batteries when you pull them out? They're saying the battery tray is bad now, which is 5800 bucks. I said, how much, uh, you're going to tell me, what are you going to do with that battery tray? Oh, we're going to throw it away. I said, no, you aren't. Oh, yes, we are. I said, no, you aren't. And while we're on the phone, the guy says, they, they're not rebuildable. While we're on the phone, he goes, hey, Mike. I said, yeah. He goes, I'm sorry, man. I made a mistake. They're rebuildable. <laughs> we sent it back to Ford. They remanufacture them. I said, duh. How about that? So back there on the bench somewhere, they can tell whether this thing's good or bad. I said, why in the world would you go through step by step by step by step and then tell a customer, I owe you $10,000? I think they're afraid I'm not going to pay them is what the problem is, which may be true. They may have a car on a used car lot over there real soon. But you got to, God promised something, and he's revealing his perfect foreknowledge. He knows the whole thing. And if we just wait on him, just wait, uh, then he'll give you the right answer. I still don't know whether, the reason I brought that up is I don't know whether to pay that $10,000 or not. And I'm still waiting. <laughs> so Y'all pray about that thing. Maybe the Lord will show me something. But Sarah... Sarah wanted to do something, but Satan, in this case right here, Satan wants to destroy Abraham's seed. He knows that Abraham is in that bloodline. What, what he doesn't know is over on this side over here somewhere, the Lord's working something else out. And he thinks if I mess up Abraham over here with, with Hagar that I'm going to mess that bloodline up there. And the Lord still brings that thing in over here with Isaac. And he still straightens that thing back up. Brother, it's all about the Lord. It's not about us. It's about Jesus Christ. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is doing something through history. Uh, he sees the end from the beginning. So he can tell you exactly what to do. It's just that in your time frame, you may not like what he says. Uh, but what you got to do is convince yourself that he's right. 
It's almost impossible to believe that. Really, I mean, I think about that all the time. Lord, uh, I'm going to die here shortly. It could be 10, 15, 20 years, whatever. But I, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, and when it does, you know, this whole world says you don't exist. And I'm like, I keep saying you do. And, and then I feel like I've cheated myself sometimes because if I would just have went out and done everything that I, I'm like, wait a second. It didn't do very well to go out and do all that stuff for most people anyways. So why would it, it be? Any, you know what the Lord says? Mike, I know what the end is. In your lifetime, you may not ever see the fruit of your labors. But you will in eternity. What you got to do is trust me. You know what the hardest thing you can do is learn how to trust him. Trust him. I'm telling you, after 64 years, I've watched the last 42 years. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Verse 2, Sarah, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken. So in the chapter, a couple of chapters before, he, in 18, he told him, he said, you're, you're going to have a son, uh, and I'm going to come back, and you're going to have it at the set time. And uh, Abraham called uh, the name of his son that was born unto him, uh, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Isaac means laughter. Go back to Genesis 18, 12. We, we were there the other day. 18, 12. Uh, he told Sarah he was going to have a baby there. Uh, therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Am I uh, old, or am I waxed? After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Question mark. She's, it's, it's, a, it's a thing there where she is sarcastically saying something. She doesn't mean to say it, but she's uh, unbelieving. And I'm telling you what, at first glance, when the Lord sometimes tells you what to do, it's, it's unbelieving. But then when the, all the cards start falling into place and, and everything starts working out the way it, it works out. You can see you can see a pattern occurring. Uh, it's encouraging to go on, but at first glance, it's like, there ain't no way. I remember this church when we first started it. I, I drove by, I said, no way, man. Ain't no way, ain't no way, ain't no way, ain't no way, ain't no way. I drove away. Two months later, Beth sees the sign out there, and, and that's the only good part about the whole thing was the sign and the letters on it. We moved somewhere else. I, she said, come by. I said, I don't want it. I've been there, done that, but I came at nighttime. Uh, two months had gone by. I thought about it. Couldn't find nothing else. Came back over here, seen this. Uh, it was a game changer. But it took me two months to get in my mind that, hey, there's, there's, you're going to have to move down the road. Uh, most people don't ever do anything because they'll see something, run away from it, and be afraid to tackle it. Uh, never, if God's in the thing, never be afraid to tackle what God says do. Uh, but question the thing and get it down in your heart that you know what he's doing. Uh, Isaac means laughter. Abraham, verse 4, Abraham circumcised his son. Uh, being eight days old, they're trying to tell you now circumcision is of no value. Maybe not. I don't know. I think God does it. If God does it, uh, guys, I think that's a, you, you, you don't feel it anyways. They say, oh, the baby cries. <laughs> Who really cares? 25 years later, they never care. So uh, if the Lord did it, if, if Abraham did it, I think it's pretty good. I think I'll, I'll do it too, man. I just think it's a good thing. Uh, do I have to understand it? No, I'm not under the law. I need to do it under the law. But it's, it's God had a reason he told him to do that. And it's cleanliness, a lot of other things that go along with that. But the world is trying to do everything against the Bible. They're trying to go against the Bible 100%. I just like the Bible. And I'm telling you, you don't have to understand everything in here just to like it. Uh, it'll keep you out of t trouble. Abraham is 100 years old, and Sarah's 90 years old at this time. The birthplace is unknown. You really don't know. It's, it's probably down to Beersheba. Uh, back to uh, 21. Go down to verses 22. Uh, Abimelech kicks Abraham out of Gior. Isaac isn't born yet. Uh, and it has to be some time, because I can't imagine Abimelech wanting a pregnant woman. I mean, if, if, Abraham, if Sarah is pregnant and she's with Abimelech, uh, 
and and said Abraham's her brother, he, I think the natural question would have been, where is the father of this child? So when Sarah is with Abimelech, he must not, she must not be pregnant or just pregnant, either or, somewhere in that area. Uh, so in uh, verse 22, it says, and, uh, wait a minute, wait a minute, 21, 22, 21, I mean 22, 20, 21, 21, and it came to pass at that time that Abimelech and Phicol, the, the chief captain of the host, spake unto Abraham, saying, God is with thee uh, in all that thou doest. Now, therefore, swear. So Abimelech has already had Abraham leave Gerar. Abraham is someplace else at the time. Down in verse 31, as they're talking, it says, uh, Wherefore he called the, the place Beersheba, because th there he swore both of them, and, and he dug a well, and he, and he stays there for a while. So probably Isaac was born right there. Uh, don't know. I don't know if it matters, but that's where he was. He wasn't born down in Gerar. It was some time elapsed between uh, the time that they were down in uh, Gerar and where they're at right now. So Abraham is sitting there with, a, with his, uh, Isaac, his son, uh, and Sarah, verse 6, and Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh. And we looked at 18, uh, 12, where Sarah said, uh, therefore, the Sarah laughed within herself. It's, it's more of a skepticism type of a laugh. Uh, but I tell you what, go to Psalms uh, 126. Laughter is good, man. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Sometimes laughter will, will just change your whole outlook in life. Uh, sometimes you need to learn to laugh at yourself. You know what's wrong with our world today? We don't know how to laugh at ourselves. Uh, we, you should be able to laugh at yourself. Somebody says something to you, you shouldn't take it offensively. You ought to be just laughing about it. I laugh about everything, man. I think it's funny. Uh, anybody who, they can laugh at me all day long. I don't really care. I've never, I can't even remember anybody, and there's been a lot of people laugh at me, uh, saying I'm stupid and crazy and everything else. You know, when you do what the Lord tells you to do, people think you're insane. Uh, I have found that out over 64 years, or 50, especially 42 years. They'll think you're crazy. But in time, in time, the tables will be turned. In time. If you wait, the tables always turn. And I've watched it. I've watched lost guys tell me that. They stick around. I had one guy who was working in a place, and everything was going south. And he said, ah, oh, stick around for a couple, two or three years. Man, he goes, it all changes. It goes the other way. <laughs> and sure enough, about every two or three years, uh, corporations all change. Everything changes. Uh, where was that? Proverbs. Oh, Psalm 160. One, one, or 126. Proverbs. Psalms, excuse me, 126. Talking too much. I need to shut up and get there myself. But yeah, everything changes. Life changes. You never can tell what's going to happen. If it's not COVID today, it'll be something tomorrow. You don't have to worry about it. There will be some, some uh, crisis that will come up that I've heard people say, oh, you can't do anything because if you do, you're going to get this, you're going to get this. Then you're going to sit at home and do nothing. You can't sit at home and do nothing. I mean, I can't sit at home and do nothing. 126. I like your psalm. I like psalms. You ever read psalms? Psalms great, man. I woke up at... Uh, 1.30 this morning, got out of bed, went down and started reading some Bible. I was just as happy as I could be, man. I mean, it's just, it's just good stuff. When the Lord, there's a, the Jews talking, and it's a song of degrees. It says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. I mean, they went, they went into captivity, and they thought they were going to stay in Babylon forever, and they didn't get Jeremiah's because they didn't read their Bible. They didn't get Jeremiah after 70 years going to go back into the land. But he goes, when it, we, we, we were like in a dream. We couldn't believe it was happening. Then he goes on, then was our mouth filled with laughter. You know what will make you happy? Is to know the hand of God's doing something. Amen. And you're doing the right thing. 
And the, the, that kind of a joy will go on and on. You know what Sarah's got right here? She's got that kind of joy. Uh, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. You say, I don't like singing. You know why you don't sing? You're not happy. You sing because you're happy. I sing because I'm happy. You know, what do you sing? I sing because I enjoy singing. Sometimes I Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Yeah, that was me. It might start bad, but I tell you, by the end of that song, this little heart's okay. This little, I'm telling you, man, you, this little light of mine starts flickering again, and then it starts flaming, and then it goes on. I'll tell you what. He goes on. The Lord, had, verse 4, it says, uh, uh, verse 3, the Lord had done great things for us, whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. You know, sometimes you go out there and you think you're of no value, and all of a sudden something happens and, and you'll get joy. Uh, you sow in tears, you sow long enough, you'll see some joy at the end of that thing. He that goeth for weeping and bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I heard somebody the other day say, you ought to change the Bible. The word sheaves just old, old archaic. No, I think it's a good word. If you don't like sheaves, you don't understand much about farming. If you understand much about farming, you go out in the field, man, he's got sheaves all over the place out there. I, I think it's great, man. Let, let it, leave it alone. But it's joy. You know what Sarah's got? She's got 99 years old. I mean, I know they're pretty, pretty healthy ladies back there, but 99 years old and a kid having a baby, man. I'm telling you what, we have our grandkids over the house, and I'm like, yeah, Lord, let them go home. Uh, they, Alex came over the other day and said, Papa. I said, yeah. He goes, I want some of that cereal that's got marshmallows in it. I'm like, you're pretty arrogant little runt, man. I said, well, you ain't going to get marshmallows. I know what he's talking about. He's talking about Lucky Charms. I bought these big boxes for Sarah while she was there, two of them, and, and she didn't take them, so he ate them all. So he kept going to Beth. He goes, how come Papa ain't left yet? You'll get to Kroger's. <laughs> I bet you he said that a dozen times, man. How come I, like I was supposed to just drop everything I'm doing and go get him what he wants. Uh, 99 years old and a kid. I'm like, a kid at 99. But boy, I tell you what, she's tickle pink. She's as happy as she could be. A merry heart doth good like a medicine. I bet you that changed the rest of her life. Now, all of a sudden, she's going to have to deal with some things that she didn't think about. Verse 7. And she said, would, uh, who would have said unto Abraham, only the Lord could do that, that Abraham should have, have given, uh, that Sarah should have given suck? For I have borne him a son in her old age. Boy, she's all, she's all of a sudden now, she's lifted up. She's no, no, no more down in the doldrums. She's no more in the rut. She's, she's out there. She's got her own kid. And the child grew, was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast uh, the same day that Isaac was weaned. The weaning process is, is about two and a half years. Go to First uh, Samuel. First Samuel. Hannah, Hannah the, the perfect example of that's right there. Jesus was also weaned. Man, could you imagine that the Lord, Mary, every day of her life, up to the time of that, that had the Lord Jesus Christ in her hands, and she took care of him and fed him. Fed God, man. Can you imagine that? That's just, a, that's just unbelievable. Her, her adversary provoked her. She, had a, that she didn't have a child. And then, uh, and Hannah prayed, uh, I think it's chapter 3, the warning to Eli, this evil. Oh, yeah, verse 18. But Samuel ministered, no, Hannah prayed, where is that at, Keolith? 
Because she brings her son to Eli when he was weaned. Hannah, there it is in verse 24, chapter 1, verse 24. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her uh, with three bullocks and one ephah of flour and a bottle of wine and brought him uh, unto Isaac, uh, uh, brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young, and they slew a bullock and brought uh, the child to Eli. And she said, O my Lord, as my soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For, for this child I prayed, and, and she and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I ask of him. Therefore also I have lent, uh, lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent in the Lord. And, and he worshiped uh, the Lord there. And Hannah prayed. So the child, if you go over to verse 18, and Samuel ministered before the Lord. So the, the little boy is growing in the place. He's, he's well past uh, needing his mom anymore. He can, he can do the things he needs, uh, but he still needs some supervision, some help. But a weaning is a little bit older. Isaac's a little bit weaned here. He's, he's far beyond that. It refers more to the end of, of the feeding process, the breastfeeding marked uh, the end of the infancy and, and the beginning of childhood. Verse 9, and Sarah saw the son of Hagar. Here's where she's having a problem. Uh, and, and believe me, be sure, I got a little bit, be sure your sin will find you out. Numbers uh, 32, 23. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, uh, the Egyptian, which she had born unto him, unto Abram, mocking. Go to Galatians real quick. Galatians 4. I'll stop right here. We'll talk about that for a minute. Galatians 4. Brother, not waiting. Uh, you hear me say it all the time. Wait on God. Wait on God. Wait on God. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. I mean, wait. You can make some. Should I get a Big Mac or a fish? Now, that I don't know if I'd ask you to wait on. But there's some major decisions you need to wait on. And you need to wait till you get the perfect peace of God about it. Because if you don't, uh, you're going to make some mistakes. In the process of life, I mean, you're going to make a lot of, of decisions. And you still got to get up every morning. Well, Am I going to get out of bed and go to work this morning or not? I'll wait on God to tell me. No, you're a sluggard if you don't. That's what Proverbs, I can go read Proverbs and tell you what you are. Uh, I, don't, I didn't like working like the next person didn't like working. But then you find something that you enjoy and just do it, man. And, and never, I've been out in the field, uh, going on the way to here to Springfield, uh, actually on the way to Columbus, uh, south of, of 70, there's a bunch of businesses there. It's, uh, they're out in the farmland. And uh, there's nothing worse than being up on a crane 60 foot in the air in the middle of a field in the wintertime, chipping ice off that crane so that crane can work. They pay us to come out there big bucks to chip ice off that crane. Now, you say even an idiot could do that. Yeah, an idiot could, but they paid us big bucks, and we're a crane company. But it's cold out there, man. And you know what you want to do? Say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, no, but you got to find something, just bundle up a lot, and just get up there and start singing hymns, man. Do something. Get the job done. But uh, you can't pray about everything, some things you got to, but there's some things uh, you got to pray about. And if you don't, I mean, there's some major things in your life you need to make sure your future you ought to pray about. The person you're going to be with for the rest of your life you ought to pray about. Uh, you, and you say, well, I didn't know. Well, okay, you're there now, so deal with it. But you ought to pray about some things. And you say, well, I messed up everything before. Okay, then start right now and, and get the things squared away from here on out. In time, everything will work out fine. Uh, Galatians 4, 427. Uh, 
persecuted. Oh, yeah, that's right. 425, go back to 27. For it is written, rejoice, thou barren that bearest not. Break forth and cry. This is Paul talking here. That, uh, thou that travailest not. For the desolate had many uh, more children than she which hath an husband. Now we, we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. But, but as then he was born after the flesh persecuted him. So, so Ishmael was persecuting Isaac. He wasn't just mocking him. I mean, he was, Paul chose the word persecute here. He was persecuting that kid. Why? Because his daddy is going to love him more than he's going to. He's going to be chosen over me. I'm the eldest, and he's the youngest. And it's like, you know, siblings. But they both have two different mothers. And oh, Paul's talking over there, and he's, he's calling the word persecute. Well, you get over here mocking. He says, oh, look, there's little Abraham, or little Isaac. There's little Isaac. There's little Isaac. There's little Isaac. And little Isaac is more than that. He's persecuting him. And his mom's seen that. And, boy, you mess with a mom and her baby, you're in trouble. And, and Hagar was the same way. She loved Ishmael. I got it. Uh, but it's, it's now Sarah's got in this place where she did something a short while back, and now she's got a son that's 11, 12, 13 years old of Hagar. And now she's got a son that's two or three years old, Isaac, and she's got to deal with that thing that if she was just not done what she was supposed to do, she wouldn't have to deal with it. And chances are we wouldn't have to be dealing with it today. But we're dealing with it because she didn't do what she's, well, here you go. We're like Abraham. We're in this mess. And it is a mess. If you don't think it's a mess, you got issues. <laughs> Come, we'll sit down. I mean, they're telling people, you got to do this, 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 you got to do I heard the other day they said that, that uh, COVID-19 shot, or the pill, either one, but uh, will make women uh, fertile, infertile, where they can't have kids. Could, could. And, and the, the guy said, well, when can you find that out? Uh, in about 10 or 15 years when you don't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's not the time to find that stuff out. However, come. I'm not saying it's going to happen at all, but they're sitting there going all through all this stuff. And you sit there and say, well, you listen today. No, wait, what did God tell you to do? If God tells you to get the shot, if you feel like you got perfect peace, then do it. But if you, then that way down the road, if something happens, you won't care. But if you listen to somebody else and you do what somebody else tells you to do, you're going to try to blame them down the road somewhere. That's just not a good thing to do. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had born unto Abraham, mocking. Boy, she didn't like that at all. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, she goes right to the husband, like it's your fault. It is your fault. Everything's my fault. I don't know about you guys, but it's all my fault. Cast out this bondwoman. Sarah, you're the one who brought her in. Why would I? Bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Genesis 16.1, Sarah caused the situation. Uh, that it's just here. She did it. She caused it. She's she, the, the one who caused the whole problem. And it's because she didn't wait. She just thought something was impossible. I don't know about you, if you haven't realized this yet, God does the impossible. And I've watched the Lord do, over 42 years, I've watched him do some of the most impossible things I would have never thought. Uh, me graduating number one in ETA school was the first one. Well, actually, getting in the Navy with that bad finger was, a, was an impossible thing. Uh, everything I look down through in my life, I think they're impossible things. And a lot of people say, oh, well, you're, you're, you know, you're intelligent. You can do that. To me, it's an impossible thing. I know me. I know my thought processes. And for him to, my mind is always jumbled up. For him to put it in any kind of order that I can understand that stuff marvels my mind. It just marvels me. And I give him all the glory for that stuff. And I've just watched him over 42. 
years do some things that I just did not think could happen. And he just said, trust me. And everybody said, oh, trust me. I said, ah, if I got to trust you or God, yeah, I think I'll trust God. Uh, and I, I keep telling the Lord, I said, Lord, I just got to trust you. I just got to trust you. You know why you read your Bible? So you can convince yourself to trust him. Now, I'm going to tell you that. It's not that you can be this scholar. Smart people are scholars. Faithful people trust him. That's, you get some of these songs, they're just faithful. Father, thank you for your blessings this morning. And Lord, uh, it is a hard lesson. We, we, the same thing, Sarah, did, we do all the time. Lord, we make choices, major choices, without consulting you. And Lord, I just pray now that you would help us to get to the place where we stop all that. And Lord, uh, put you first. And Lord, then the things that we have to deal with, we deal with. And Sarah and Abraham's going to deal with the problem here. And, and they're going to move on. And, and Lord, down the road, Jesus Christ still comes. You still come into this world as a baby. And you still protect all that thing. But Lord, uh, if we just listen to you, there'd be so many problems that we just wouldn't have. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, our Bible. Thank you for our Sunday school class. Thank you for this time of season, Lord, that we can use to uh, talk to people about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Father, again, uh, bless the morning service. We'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Many times I have wondered.